I'm sure some of you have benefited from a will, and some of you may yet hope to benefit. An old man died, and his family were called to the solicitor's office, and they were all agog, of course, to hear what was in the will. And they sat there, gazing at the solicitor, who slowly opened the will, and said in a fairly loud voice, Being of sound mind, I've spent the lot. The reading in Ephesians talks about treasures and riches we've been left that are there to claim, as one might claim the benefit of a will. Some of them are for the future, but many are for the here and now. So Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading comes from John, chapter 1, verses 10 to 18. This can be found on page 1063 and on the screens in front of you. That's John, chapter 1, beginning at verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, 
he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, a very happy new year. Happy new year. And as Christmas um, presents are now all hopefully opened and Christmas pudding has been digested and the last of the turkey recipes are being thumbed through anxiously to see how the turkey can be used up and we start into the new year, I wonder if any of you have made New Year's resolutions. I won't ask you what they are, but hands up if you've made a New Year's resolution. Some? <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, I won't ask you to put your hands up if you've already broken your New Year's resolution, <laughs> but there are some facts and figures that show that the great majority of them don't last into February, and many don't even last to the end of the first week, which might be a bit discouraging. So it did strike me that as we enter a new year and on this first Sunday as we gather together in St. Jude's, it might be worth us thinking what would be a good New Year's resolution for us. And might I suggest that a good New Year resolution might be that we should grow in our Christian faith as individuals and together. And there are three things that I want to touch on this morning that I think will help us to grow as Christians. The first of them is prayer. And Peter Kay, the comic actor and stand-up comedian, once said, he said, when I was a little boy, I prayed every night, please God, give me a new bike. Please, please God, give me a new bike. But he said, after a while, I realized that God doesn't work like that. So I stole one and asked him to forgive me. And as I reflected on that, like lots of humor, of course, there's something interesting hidden within it, isn't it? Because part of it is talking about how do we see God? What is our view of God? Who is this person to whom we pray? And if we were to say, why do we pray? The first thing, I guess, would be that God wants a relationship with us and that prayer is communication. 
We know that Jesus died to make that communication possible for us. But communication is a two-way thing. If it's just us speaking to God, that's transmission. We also need to listen to God. So we pray because God wants a relationship to it, with us. And he wants to communicate with us. And we pray because God, um, prayer changes things. I very much liked the... I mean, we've all seen them, haven't we? Lots of wristbands for every possible purpose these days. But I particularly liked one that our boys came back from a Christian camp with, which said, push, pray until something happens. When we pray, it helps to change our view of God because we begin to realize that God loves us, that he forgives us, that he wants the best for us, and that he knows us. And it changes our view of ourselves. It changes us. And if you read in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 this is what it says in the message which is a, um, a paraphrase version nothing between us and God our faces shining with the brightness of his face our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him and that's the reason that God wants us to worship him. It took me a long time as a new Christian to realize why God wants our worship. I didn't say it to anybody, but part of me said, what is this egotistical God who needs to be worshipped all the time? Of course, God doesn't need to be worshipped. We need to worship God. Because the thing we worship, we become like and thirdly, it puts us on the right track. If we need to know God's will for our lives in order not to live lives that are second best, then we need to pray. We need to seek God. We need to know what his will for us is. So the first thing that helps us to grow as Christians and helps us to grow as a Christian community is prayer. Secondly, Bible study. Here's what the Bible says about itself. This is the New International Version. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Again, this is what the message says. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful for showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Put that way, why wouldn't we want to study the Bible? And thirdly, fellowship or meeting together. 
as we're doing now. Of course, there is a line of thought that says, well, the Christian faith, um, it's all a personal and private thing, isn't it? It's all about your personal, private relationship with God. Well, actually, no. And no. A wise old pastor noticed in his church one Sunday morning that a young man who had been a regular churchgoer wasn't there, nor was he there the next Sunday. And so after the service, he fought his way through the snow and went to the young man's house and found him sitting by the fireside. And he said, I was worried about you because I didn't see you at church for the past couple of weeks and just hoped that things were okay. And the young man said, well, I have been thinking that actually I'm not sure I need to go to church to be a Christian. And the pastor, just very quietly as they sat by the fire, took the tongs and took one of the coals and pulled it out of the fire and placed it on the hearth. And as the rest of the fire glowed bright red, so this particular coal began to cool and smoke and eventually just turned into a cinder. And a few minutes later, he took the tongs again and placed it back. The young man came to church the week after. I think the message had been well and truly received. St. Paul puts it a different way. He says that together we are the body of Christ. And as a body, each of us is a member of that body. And so in order to function, we need the eye and the ear and the hand. And St. Paul said, what would the point of the body be if it were entirely an eye? How would you hear? What would be the point of the body if it were simply a hand? How would you see? And what he's saying is that each of us has something to contribute, as well as something to receive. Look around at the people here, and you're looking at the body of Christ. And each of us has something that we can contribute and something that we need to receive from others. One of the things I particularly like about the Alpha course, and if you've not done an Alpha course at any point, can I encourage you? It's a tremendous course, whether you're a very new Christian, whether you're still thinking about the Christian faith, or if you've been a Christian for quite a while, then by all means join the course as a helper. But it's a tremendous course. Is that one of the things that's central to that course is it tries to answer the question, how? And Jay John, who's a great friend of um, Nicky Gumbel's and a famous evangelist, um, Nicky Gumbel said, one time I heard Jay John preaching. And he said, the trouble for me is, he said, I sit in church and I hear the preacher say, you know, you need to pray more. And I think, yes, but how? You need to read the Bible more. And I think, yes, but how? You need to share your faith. And I think, am I the only one sitting here thinking, yes, but how? So I want to briefly touch on 
the question of how before we close. How do we pray? Well, there are three things that I think could help us. And they're tied up in a particular story that um, is told by Bill Hybels, who's the pastor, as many of you will know, of a huge church in uh, the US called Willow Creek. And if you like my faltering repetition of his story, you can find the full thing um, on YouTube. It's called Coffee with God. And he tells the story of um, a man who um, came up to him after one service and he said, Bill, all this talk of prayer, he said, that's fine for you as a pastor. He said, you're paid to do that. You've got time to do that. That's part of your everyday life. He said, you've no idea how busy my life is. He was a marketing director for a, a huge conglomerate. He said, from morning to night, text messages are coming, emails, phone calls. I'm flying here, I'm flying there, driving somewhere else, sitting in meetings. He said, it's just not a realistic possibility for me. And Bill said, well, I understand what you're saying. He said, but I've always found that I can make time for something that I value. And he said, as soon as the words were out of my mouth, I could see from his face that this had not gone down awfully well. So much so, for the next three months, he didn't see him in church. Until eventually, he turned up again and came up and he said, Bill, I'd like to invite you to have a meal with us. So I thought, well, great, thank you very much. So he turned up for this meal, wondering what the conversation would be. And this young man said, I thought very long and hard about what you said. And he said, it did strike me that actually there's something very important in prayer and in Bible study and spending time with God. And by getting up half an hour earlier, I might be able to manage that. And he said, here's the veranda. He said, I decided I'd buy a rocking chair. I'd always wanted a rocking chair. So I saved up the money, I bought a good one. And this is it. And he said, and every morning, I take my cup of coffee, I take my Bible. He said, I read my Bible and I pray. And Bill said, well, what happened? And at this point, his wife interrupted. And she said, I'll tell you what happened. She said, he's a changed man. She said, he's more peaceful, more centered, more focused, easier to live with. And the question Bill asked was, where is your chair? You see, I said there were three things that can particularly help us when we pray. One is making time. And it's easy to say, I can pray anywhere and anytime, the same as I can spend time with my wife anytime and anywhere. But if I don't do it, if we don't make time to be together, if we don't set aside a place to be together, there's not really a growing in the relationship. I said there were three things, there's time, there's place, there's focus. Oh, would you excuse me a moment? 
sorry, Lord, but it's just this might be something really important. You know what it's like. It's so easy, isn't it? Um, and it's bleeping away in the corner, and lights are flashing, and the radio's on in the background. And I know it's not easy, but we need to make time to be with God. We need a place where we would do that. And we need focus. We need to say, Lord, this is your time. It's the time I've set aside for you. So I've taken the mobile phone and I've put it in the drawer. And I've turned the radio off. And I've turned the TV off. And unless somebody shouts fire, Lord, this is your time. Bible study. How do we study the Bible? Well, there are some tremendous um, Bible study applications these days. Um, I saw one the other day, if you want to read the whole of the Bible in a year um, and have a commentary on it by um, Nikki and Pippa Gumbel, there's an app that will do that for you. I think, thought that was a bit too much for me, um, so I chose the one that does the New Testament in a year. But there are lots of Bible reading notes, and there are people here who can advise you on what Bible reading notes to use. It's important. And fellowship. Well, we're all here this morning, engaging in, participating in, enjoying fellowship together. Choose a Sunday service that you will come to regularly. It may be this one, it may be another one, it may be at a different church. But choose the Sunday service that you will come to and commit to it. Stick with it. Don't be like the person who's sitting out on the hearth, gradually growing cold. And join the week. Is there a weekday meeting that you could come to? There are meetings for men, for women, for young people, for children, lots and lots of them. You can pick up in the entranceway one of the leaflets that says what meetings go on during the week so that you can help to grow as individuals. So to sum up, if we want to grow as Christians, both as individuals and together, we need to pray. Christian growth is about a relationship. It's growing in a relationship with God. And that relationship needs communication. It needs speaking and listening. So we need to make time to listen to God. We need to study God's word. Or we won't know the truth about God. And we won't be challenged and corrected. Very hard to challenge and correct ourselves, isn't it? But the word of God is clear, and God will speak to us, and challenge us, and change us. And fellowship. Everyone here, God has brought for a purpose. So get, in, get included and get involved. Don't leave the body without an eye, or a hand, or an ear. Don't be the coal that grows cold on the hearth. Of course, all of those can be meaningless unless what we hear 
and what we read, we also obey. And I just wanted to finish with one verse which is in James. And it's on page 1213. Um, verse 22. And James says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Sometimes I come down in the morning and my wife looks me up and down and she says, don't you ever look in the mirror? To which I found the perfect reply. I said, yes, I do. I do it first thing in the morning. It's not the most joyous experience of the day, so I don't see any point in repeating it. <laughs> but there is a serious point there, isn't there? You could look in the mirror and think, actually, that doesn't match. And there's a hole and there's a stain here and so on. And then turn away and completely forget. And that's the point that James is making. That through our prayer, individually and together, as we listen to God and as we lay our hearts before him, in studying his word and in listening to what God is saying to us and in fellowshipping together on Sundays and throughout the week, unless we respond to the word that God gives us, we won't grow in the way that God wants us to grow. So let us each resolve as our New Year's resolution this year to grow together as individuals and as the body of Christ here. Amen.